This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, that's me. Welcome to Blue Notes, your hockey podcast network home for your reigning, defending, undisputed champion of the world, St. Louis Blues. This is episode number 43 of Blue Notes, or as I like to call it, the Mike Van Ryan episode of Blue Notes. Bet you forgot that he wore number 43 for the Blues back in the day. Well, he did. And this episode is not about not about Mike Van Ryan. But it is about the team that he helps coach. The St. Louis Blues are on a four-game winning streak. They are back to playing St. Louis Blues hockey, playing stingy defense, uh, not allowing a lot of shots to get to Jordan Bennington or Jake Allen. And uh, we're recording this uh, just a, a couple hours after the Blues beat the Minnesota Wild 4-1 to in Minnesota. Very impressively done. And now it's on to... The Chicago Blackhawks later on this week. But for this episode, it's going to be a conversation with the hosts of the Soda Pod, Isha Jerome. Isha is also the uh, co-founder of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Blues and Wild game uh, here in just a little bit. Also kind of talk about where the Central Division is. And of course, the big news that came out on Sunday night. The reason I'm pulling an all-nighter to get this episode to you is the Blues are going to the Winter Classic once again. This time they are going to be the road team in Minnesota in 2021 when they take on the Minnesota Wild. So it's going to be a fun trip. I hope to be there. I hope a lot of Blues fans make the trek up there. And we're going to talk to uh, Isha Jerome here about what it means for Wild fans for the Blues to be coming into Minnesota for the Winter Classic uh, of course, some Wild fans were not very happy that the Blues were the choice and not Winnipeg or Colorado or someone else from God knows where. Um, we'll talk about the mindset of the Wild fan with each Dromi right now. It is our Blue Notes face-off of the week. beautiful NHL 94 music means it is time once again for our Blue Notes face-off of the week. Of course, Wags will be back on Thursday here on Blue Notes. So in the meantime, we are importing one of our favorite commodities from the north, from beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. Please welcome the co-host of the Soda Pod, Isha Jerome. Oh, thank you for that intro. How's it going, Tom, and everybody listening? You know what? It's it's been a great weekend. The Blues are playing a lot better. You know they've they've won their last four. They're playing Blues hockey once again. Uh, Cardinal spring training is getting going. Uh, the Battle Hawks had a great game on Sunday at home, and uh, of course the Blues end up uh, beating your Wild four to one. So doing, doing, so we're, we're doing pretty good down here in St. Louis. 
Yeah, no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty pissed to be uh, perfectly honest. That was a that was an absolute joke of a showing by the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, let's, taking let's... nothing away from the former Stanley Cup champions. I know, I know, but I'm in a, I'm in a sour mood. I'm not gonna lie. So you caught me at a good time for uh, for some <laughs> podcast recording. Here, it'll be some damn good content for well, your listeners. I'm telling you. Well, you know, it, it's kind of refreshing talking to a Wild fan tonight and having that Wild fan be upset about the on-ice product okay. versus what's going on <laughs> off-ice. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit, of course. I'm talking about the Winter Classic. Uh, but first of all, 4-1 to one, uh, win for the St. Louis Blues in Minnesota tonight. I mean, it really, just from start to finish, looked like it was all Blues. Do you agree, Isha? I think there was a 10-minute window in the second period where – I tweeted and gave the wild a little bit of praise from the at the soda pod account. And then I think a minute later, the wild were scored on and uh, I was getting some heat from not the heat towards me, but just some heat in general on Twitter as wow. The, the wild fans there, uh, they reached a boiling point tonight, which is kind of funny because the wild have been scratching clawing for a, you know, just to, to get into the conversation to compete for a wild card spot and hell, they're only five points out of a, of a wild card spot. Um, at the moment, but having said that, I mean, man, they'd way, they'd way rather be three out challenging Calgary and coming off a huge blues win or just uh, a loss where they actually showed that they, uh, that they're meant to be there because as of late, they really have, they've been beating teams that in my opinion, they shouldn't be beating. I mean, hell I've, uh, <laughs> I've talked to Michael Farley various, on various occasions and they just keep kicking Dallas's ass. I don't know what it is about the blues. Um, yeah, it was it was an embarrassing performance tonight. Other than that small little window. Well, and you know what? This is our actually first chance to kind of uh, talk to you after the kind of surprise firing, at least in my opinion, of Bruce Boudreau last week. I mean, you just mentioned it yourself. The Wild are just you know about five points out of a playoff spot. Yes, they just traded away Jason Zucker, and they appear to be you know finally marching towards a rebound, uh, a rebuild after you know years of you know. Not quite be not quite being good enough to be great, but not being bad enough to be terrible. They had um, that one, they had that one season that they had President's Trophy. I mean, it was yeah. that was the year Dubnik kind of really came out of his shell and was like, "Hey, I'm I'm a starter in the league." But yeah, I mean, what what's the message to you coming from Bill Guerin when he, you know, fires a not not just a you know well known coach, but a coach that, in my opinion, didn't have the Wild playing that badly. No, I think on. To, to be perfectly honest, I think he was helping this wild team play damn good for the, the roster that they have right now. No, taking nothing away from the players, the, the wild, they have a depth filled roster. Like there's no superstars on this roster. The superstars of the past and stall Suter, Parise, for example, and they're the ones still leading the team in scoring. So when you look at, you know, their age relative to their offensive production and where they are, um, on the scoring charts on this team, that that's that's a place for for concern. Billy Guerin right now, his message to the team, it's there's a lot of I don't want to say it's mixed messaging because he's not necessarily going back on anything that he says, but there's a lot going on. He he's told his players and the media flat out that he doesn't want anyone taking their feet off the gas or they're going to be out the door. So he's being quite aggressive in not a rebuild. So 
I'm going to throw out that term, the retool. But I think the retool term fits here when you have the likes of Ryan Suter, Zach Parise, Matt Zuccarello, um, all under contract for the, the foreseeable futures, five and six years respectively. Um, they just signed Jared Spurgeon. You know, he's in his prime. They have players that they have to move forward with because you're not moving Suter, you're not moving Parise because of the fear of cap recapture if they retire. So you have to move pieces. You have to not build, I guess, build around them for the time being. And they have some young players right now, but none of them have really came out as star players. Now, I, I, I really like Kevin Fiala, and he could be that one. 40 points in 56 games. He's, he's been an absolute heater. But the rest of them, the Luke Cunnins, the Erickson X, the Jordan Greenways, they're 30 to 40-point players at best right now in their development. And hell, I still think Jordan Greenway is kind of a, a trade piece. So Garrett, I think, long or the short of it, has had enough of a sample size of assessing his team right now. Because everyone listening, you have to understand, he didn't, he didn't go into this offseason um, as this team's general manager. He didn't go into the draft as this team's general manager. He didn't get to put his stamp on this team. That was all Paul Fenton. So he needed a sample size to get to know this team, to know what he was going to work with, um, to, to see if his relationship with Bruce Boudreaux was going to work out, which clearly... It was a weird time seeing that this team is so close to the playoffs. But as he said, you know, after the break or after the, the bye week, that's when, when they lost to Boston. That's when he wanted to fire Boudreaux. But then they went on a little bit of a heater after. Um, and uh, he just couldn't let him go until that loss to the Rangers. So that, that's kind of the reasoning and, um, and vision of Billy Garen right now. So right now, as you mentioned, the Wilds sit at 65 points. They uh, played 61 games. Uh, they have two games in hand on the Blues, who have 82 points and currently uh, lead the West. Uh, but you know, you, you're still talking about having played at least one game fewer than most teams that are in the playoffs right now, or at least matching it right now. So you know, yes, you do suffer a four to one loss against the Blues. But how do the Wild, I guess, for lack of a better term, claw their way? into a final playoff spot with about 20 games left to go. I saw what you did there. Um, <laughs> uh, well, okay. I'm going to be perfectly honest because on the soda pod, and I don't want to you know, be contradicting or, or, or bullshit by any means here, but sure. I, I did talk about Brandon Quest, how, yeah, until, until teams are mathematically out, I'm the type of person who's going to explain and, you know, the reason the reasoning for them to still have a chance to make it. and i think the wild they're still in the running but we did mention on our podcast it's with the way nashville's starting to play a little bit better with winnipeg seeming seemingly really wanting it with arizona kind of falling out of the race and calgary winning as of late it doesn't seem that it's realistic but to answer your question the wild they got to take it game by game and they have to beat western opponents they have to divisional opponents opponents which is why this though this loss the blues in the grand scheme of things because they are leading the the western division right now and leading the the central division it's not the worst thing in the world but it is a it is a confidence killer knowing like i said when i just when i started to join you here that they that wild want to know that they compete can compete with the best of them but they have to beat the nationals they have to beat the winnipeg jets they have to beat the arizona coyotes and they have to beat the calgary flames and they you know, and if they don't have the opportunity to play these guys down the stretch, then they have to make sure that the San Jose's, the Anaheim's, um, the Chicago's beat the the teams competing for wild card spots in uh, in the Western Conference right now. So they they do need uh, to put their uh, chips um, in on a on a lot of a lot of other teams. You know, above them not having much success right now as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just from your position in the Central Division and, you know, kind of looking, you know, combining in the Pacific Division as well, because that's becoming, you know, that's still kind of a log jam out there. I mean, don't, I mean, four points separate, you know, the number one Vegas Golden Knights and, you know, the uh, number five Arizona Coyotes at this point. I mean, where, I mean, where do you see things shaking out as, as the season goes on in terms of the playoffs? I mean, do, does the Central still get four teams or do you think Pacific gets, gets five and the Central just three? That's a good question. Um, let me just get it up here. I, I'm leaning towards the Central getting the four teams. Um, just because well, like, it's hard because of Winnipeg and Nashville now are kind of a, kind of a toss up, but Calgary's Calgary's is not doing that good. So yeah, I'm going to have to say, I think the, I think the central gets the four teams and the Pacific gets the three. I think one of Edmonton or or Calgary are going to fall out and that's going to be disappointing from, uh, Canada's perspective. But from, from my personal perspective, I'm a hockey guy. I'm from the West Coast, so I follow the Vancouver Canucks. But I'm all in on the Wild, and I could give two shits about Edmonton and Calgary. And I think that that would actually be kind of funny. I think Vegas, all season, they've had their speed bumps. Um, for the roster that they have on paper, they should be at the top of the Pacific, and they should be dominating. So I think down the stretch, they're going to continue to, to, to playing well. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to definitely finish at the top of the Pacific and solidify themselves as one of the teams to beat uh, in the Western Conference. Yeah, I, I still kind of – I still see it as being four and four myself. I think the Central, it's going to be some sort of combination of the Blues, Avalanche, and Stars in the top three. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, really, at this point, pick the order. I mean, you, you, you can shake them up in a hat and, you know, dump them on the table, and that's just as likely as any expert's opinion about who's going to be on top of the Central. I mean, they're both – all three are deserving of being at the top spot. Uh, and I think the fourth team in the Central, you know, I still think it's going to be Nashville. Uh, well, they have I, the roster for it. That's the thing. They just yeah. been playing like absolute garbage at home this year. Yeah. 14, 12, and, and four at the, at the and Bridgestone so, it, Arena. It just it, it, do, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't at all. I mean, I was at Bridgestone Arena this year in November, and I got to see how inhospitable it is to road teams and their fans, uh, personally myself. And it's just like, yeah, it's it's a very tough place for opposing teams to play. And I just I don't get what the issue is, and I and, and that's kind of why I'm picking them, just because I. Feel Feel like there's a course correction coming there at some point there just has to be uh yeah you know, I, I picked in before the season that winnipeg would be on the outside looking in i still i still say that just simply because i haven't seen enough from them to i mean really convince me that they're going to be competitive in the playoffs i mean yeah they have halia buck halia buck's been good for them uh but well, it's not their uh, fault their defense got depleted in the offseason they lost myers exactly and truba like what are you gonna do exactly exactly so he so he can't be superman every single night uh the wild i mean as i as as we just we've been kind of talking about i mean it's not looking too rosy for them so you know i i would say it's gonna be blues avalanche stars and then you know, the Predators get that final wild card spot in the Pacific. I think it's going to be, I think Vegas takes the division. I think Vancouver will make it interesting, but uh, I think they'll finish second. Uh, I like, I still like Arizona to finish third. Uh, and I know that's going to be surprising, especially to like, you know, Corey and Richie was sporty with Corey and Richie. You know, they've been kind of pessimistic on the Coyotes lately and uh, they just got, you know, taken to the woodshed by the Blues last week. 
Um, but I still think there's enough about that team compared to a team like Edmonton and compared to a team like Calgary that I think they could still surprise. I mean, when you have two quality goaltenders like Ronta and Kemper, you can never, ever count a team like that out. And then, you know, it just really leaves at this point, you know, it was going to be Edmonton or Calgary. You know, Calgary, I mean, they have a minus nine goal differential, which tells me a lot of their record has been luck. Um, I think they're very lucky to be at this point, but I think that luck runs out. I think Edmonton gets the uh, final wild card spot. And basically they earned a right to get trounced by Vegas in the first round. That's my, <laughs> that's my, just kind of like how if the Leafs make it into the playoffs, yeah, for congrats, sure. congratulations, you're going to get murdered by Tampa. Yeah, Tampa or, or Boston. Good night, Jim Kite. Yeah, um, exactly. With exactly. Arizona, though, the only, only thing about them is – like they're in a tricky situation right now because now playing their final game prior to the deadline. I mean, what do you do with Taylor Hall? Do you, do you go all in and, and try to make the playoffs? I'm sure Taylor Hall doesn't want to try to make the playoffs again. So, and he's an asset for this team. And if they think, oh, hell, I still have to keep building, they mm-hmm. may still move Taylor Hall. Now, I don't think, I think it's a low percentage, but it's yeah. just something to think about. I know this comes out on trade deadline day, this podcast. So yeah. it's, uh, it could be all of, moot. By the yeah, time it's like moot point this. speculating at this point, but it's just, it's just something that I've been keeping in mind uh, these last few weeks. Same. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, this is good perspective from, you know, outside of Arizona. And, you know, whenever the trade does happen, you know, this is what we were thinking of, you know, you know, 12 to 24 hours before the deadline. So I, I think with Taylor Hall, I think, you know, Know, look they've they've pushed their chips you know all in so to speak you know in getting Taylor Hall and I think you know for one Taylor Hall is probably a lot happier being in a playoff contending you know Arizona team versus sticking in you know living in the quagmire that is New Jersey this year um, I, mean, I, I still think he would definitely rather be in Arizona now the question is, do they get him some help? Do they get him some defensive help? That seems to be kind of an issue with Arizona. I mean, there's, you know, they have some, you know, they, they have two very good defenders in Chikrin and Oliver ekman Larson. but is that going to be enough? I, I personally don't think so. So, um, but I, I think if I'm Arizona, I, I take a look at a team like Calgary, who I, th- again, I think they're kind of lucky to be where they are. You take a look at a team like Edmonton, who's been a little flaky, and I say, you know what? There's still an opportunity here. Go maybe get that acquisition. Go all in this year. You've waited long enough if you're, oh, an Arizona, yeah. if you're the Arizona Coyotes fan or a player. You've been building to this point. I, I say, need another defenseman, man. I mean, I know two in Minnesota who uh, have apparently been on the block, and uh, Brodeen may just fit their system to a T. Yeah, that that would make a lot of sense. I, I think that would definitely make a lot of sense. Uh, you, you, you think Doomba hangs around for a while, or you think he's going to be on the block too? Oh, that's a well. We've got into that a lot on our podcast. Now, I'm personally, I like Brodine's game a little bit more. It's consistent. Um, his skating is super underrated, and though he doesn't drive offense, he if you're a defenseman, defense is your first priority. Dumba, he's more dynamic, but where he's more dynamic, he lacks in the defensive part of the game. Because he's dynamic, he's going to put up 30 points this year, and he can still... He he can still get a big haul. Um, His value's still pretty high, even, even, you know, coming off this uh, quote-unquote off year, which, you know, in my opinion, it is an off year, but he's still going to put up 30 points from the blue line, and that's, uh, that's still valuable. So I think if they do move one, Dumba, he's got three more years, I believe, of term just under $6 million. I believe it's 
around the five million dollar range, and you're gonna get you're gonna get value for that. Whereas Brodeen, I think it's just better for the Wild to keep him because they don't want to. I don't think they should get rid of everyone in their top four, especially if uh, Suiter's he still plays top minutes right now, but eventually his minutes are gonna get cut a little bit more, and Brodeen can be kind of like the next defensive uh, first player to uh, to take that spot. Greg Pattern, though, he has to fucking go, man. He had a terrible <laughs> night tonight. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I've heard the howling about Pattern all, uh, you know, the, all the year. The fan it's, base can't stand him. It's it, so man, it, it, it's, it's not good. It's not good. The by Minnesota the way, native. Yeah, I know, right? That's 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 brutal. Um, by the way, speaking of wild defensemen, uh, I know it's been you know a little while since he's not been a wild player, but I got to say, Marco Scandella, since the Blues have acquired him, he has been like he has been the perfect solution for the Blues defense. I mean, he's played three games. He's a plus five. He was their leading guy on the ice tonight for penalty kill minutes. Uh, the guy has just been fantastic for the Blues, and I know that probably won't come as any sort of respite to you as a as a Wild fan because. Well, he was he, respected in this market. The, the fan base liked him when he was here. But I have a question for you. I mean, how's your power play? You know, do you got any power play specialists on the blue line? You want you want fucking Brad Hunt? He's got 18 points, eight goals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? Colton Pareko is starting to, you know, rip out some clappers, you know, like like he should be doing. There's no Brad Hunt, man. He doesn't nah, have a shot. Like, you know, yeah. we, we have been there and done that with Brad Hunt. I, we, we gave Brad Hunt his start in the NHL a long time ago. And, and, you know, because of a numbers game, we, you know, we try to pass it through waivers and that started his like merry-go-round around the NHL. So, Hey, you brought back Peroni's leading the team in points. You might as well bring hunt back for a playoff run. Uh, Fourth round pick Tom. It's not going to cost much. I'm all just right. Saying. Well, <laughs> I tell you, I, I tell you what, you we'll take Brad Hunt. You guys take Alex Steen. Done. All right. Um, and is and is he's throwing a draft is, pick and we're done. <laughs> uh, what? We're, yeah, I'm, I'm, we seem to be losing connection here. Uh, all right, all right. Positive stuff here, at least from a St. Louis fan. Of course, it come out comes out Sunday night that uh, the St. Louis Blues are going to be Minnesota's opponent in the 2021 Winter Classic and. You know, I'm glad I have you here, each to 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 talk about this because you're 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 a rational guy. You're pretty level headed, unlike a lot of your wild brethren who appear to be quite upset for some reason that it's going to be the Blues in the Winter Classic and not like Winnipeg or Colorado or someone quote unquote sexier. Uh, first thing I got to ask you, real talk here: Are wild fans ever happy? <laughs> honestly they are um they do uh, just this season in particular coming off of just the well the shit show that was last year with with paul fenton's year and i guess just experiment with this team that 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 failed though the wild fans are reaping some of the benefits and in, in kevin fiala for example um but it just it seemed like there was a dark cloud last season over this team and the fan base and just the start of this season. Um, though there was a little bit of positivity with, you know, Billy Guerin um, and, and, you know, like some, some of the roster moves and some of the young players getting some more minutes, the, the terrible start that this team had, it just, it just made this season a little salty, but wild fans, you know, I've said this at the start of the season. I've said this, you know, in the summer and, and I'll, I'll say it again. There's some of the best hockey fans, uh, some of the best hockey fans out there. I mean, the Midwest fans, I'm telling you, they, they know their sports and the state of hockey in particular knows their hockey. Um, they're loud. 
and uh and i think that's a that's a good thing because for for the most part they're rational and like some of these canadian markets like the maple leafs fans and the canucks fans and the edmonton Oilers fans who are loud and just quite quite frankly uh a little irrational and kind of mm-hmm. stupid sometimes. Yeah. Let's, let's just be frank about that. Yes. In this case, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little confused because the wild. Th- I mean, the fan base of the wild right now. I think they're torn. Um, I'm going to be perfectly honest. The those who are oppose this decision or who who don't agree with it, who don't like it, they're 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 very loud about it. But the others, uh, th- there's a lot of people who understand it. A, a lot of great writers, um, a lot of folks in the media who I've been just scrolling through on Twitter reading who uh, kind of get it like, like I do. This is yeah. great. This is, this is great for TV numbers. You're playing the, you know, um, a, a recent Stanley cup winner. You're, you're playing one of the best teams in the league. So it's going to make for an exciting brand of hockey. Everyone's saying, Oh, it's going to be a dull brand of hockey. Either the blues are going to run over the wild or the wild are going to trap it up. Well, th- there's this whole season ahead. You know, we, we don't know what's actually going to play out next season. The wild are going to, you know, Billy Garen's going to, make some more changes on this roster. He said so himself and he's going to have to with Kirill Kaprizov coming over next season. Maybe this player is super electric and he helps put this team on the back and on his back. And next year, they're really com- competitive by the time the winter classic rolls around. So I, I think the St. Louis Blues, I, I don't want to say that they're a perfect matchup, but I think that they're a solid matchup. They are a central division rival. And the only other two teams that I think the wild fan base are disappointed that they didn't get in this matchup are like you said the the Colorado Avalanche for reasons that I think are evident they're a very exciting team and they have a ton of superstars in the league uh young superstars in the league that that is and the Winnipeg Jets just because well they're they're just north in Manitoba in Manitoba and they could bring a lot of Canadian fans to uh well to Minnesota to the state of hockey but if you look at that NBC doesn't care about Canadian fans so um, I'm happy with the Blues yeah, and it's and, and look, I mean, looking at the choices that that Minnesota had, I mean, Minnesota is kind of a victim of its own geography here a little bit, just because, yeah, your most logical team that you would think of besides the Blues would be a Winnipeg, you know, who Chicago are Chicago maybe, you know, well, but see, there's a thing with Chicago though. Chicago's been done so many oh, times too many times i mean well, exactly I, yeah. I mean look if, if 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 it was chicago and minnesota in the winter classic in 2021 i couldn't i wouldn't be able to hear wild fans complain about it because i'd be hearing about the rest of the nhl fans complaining yeah. about it no and that, I, that, I totally i totally agree and totally understand on that front yeah well. so i mean there would have been there would have been definite you know pushback to to a chicago winter classic again uh winnipeg yes geographically that makes sense but you know, it's it's as you said. I mean, NBC does not care about boosting the ratings in the Winnipeg market. Sadly, um, you know, for you know, I I think it's a little unfair. Um, then again, at the same time, though, I, I like to pick on Winnipeg because you know us Blues fans wonder why they're called the Jets when they don't even have an airport. Um, <laughs> that that's been that's kind of the running joke about how rural they are. Of course, of course, Winnipeg has an airport. We all know that, but. Um, and then, you know, you look at Colorado and it's like, yeah, Colorado and the wild would have been a great matchup. And I think there's a bit of a rivalry there, but how many people from Colorado are going to make that trek? That's exactly. a long way well, to be know. perfectly honest. Minnesota fans, they're going to fill, they would fill that whole arena with their own fans. So oh, that, that whole stadium, like that, like that's how bad they've been. They've wanted this. And that's just how, you know, crazy of a sports fan base and hockey fan base in particular that they are. So in regards to filling it, 
I don't yeah. think there's any issues there. Obviously, for TV purposes, you want to see a mix of jerseys. Yeah, but it's but at the same time, though, I, I read Jeremy Rutherford's article on how the Blues became the choice for the Winter Classic. And one thing that he noted is that the NHL will still set aside, you know, let's say they fill, they, there's 45,000 people, you know, at Target in 2021. There's going to be about eight to 10,000 tickets that are going to be made available for St. Louis fans. Yeah, because they want, they want they, a section for them for sure. Yeah, because because they, they want those fans that you know make the trek up there to the Twin Cities. They want them to you know buy the hotels and then inject money into the economy. I mean that's that that's part of the reason for doing this. I know I can tell you right now when the Blues hosted the Winter Classic in 2017. I wish I was there for that one. I couldn't. I wasn't there for it though. But you know there was a good amount of Chicago Blackhawks fans there. And that was by design. You know, they come down from Chicago. They stay a couple nights in hotels. They eat at St. Louis restaurants, you know, and it was a really big economic, you know, infusion for the city of St. Louis. Uh, And, but not, but, I can tell you this, you know, just just you know, from you know, one fan to another, you know, the having the Winter Classic in St. Louis, it felt like a big honor, you know, that the NHL bestowed upon St. Louis to have this big event, this celebration of hockey, and it's what it felt like. It was a celebration of you know St. Louis's hockey history, and you know, whenever I when I heard Minnesota was getting the Winter Classic, I admittedly was very happy for them because. As you know, it's about Min- time. Minnesota, about time. Minnesota has one has a, a, one of the richest, if not the richest, hockey histories of all the teams in the NHL. So you know now that's going to be on display front and center, and it's going to be a, a day for Minnesota fans. And each, I know you, you know your fan base has been suffering for a little while. It's it's been kind of a rough, bumpy road being a Wild fan, but. Uh, the, the, Put the blues and the angst about the blues aside. You know, this has to be nothing but a big positive for you guys. Uh, I think the majority of the fans, once the dust settles a little bit, will be really excited for this. Hell, every year during Hockey Day in Minnesota, it's it's unbelievable. Um, just the amount of support for just the initiatives on that day, the games, um, you know, the junior games, the high school level games, um, the girls games, the women's games, everything that goes on that day. And then just the celebrations. I mean, it's so funny seeing Fox Sports North just, you know, travel to people's backyards in the, in the respective towns and cities that are hosting that just day and seeing people, you know, just watch parties in the snow and all these like little games they have with their mini sticks and whatnot. That's just from a Canadian perspective. That's so Canadiana. That's so just hockey and yeah. yeah minnesota they they deserve this day and the and the week and just you know the the all the events leading up to the winter classic and uh, i think world juniors is next and i think an outdoor world juniors game in minnesota around this time would be unbelievable as That'd well be great um and i think it's been long overdue so um though though it may not be the perfect matchup no, this is this is pro sports nothing yeah. nothing's perfect much like no. this game. I can't believe I just got the fuck I got the box score up in front of me right now, Tom. 64% in the faceoffs was the St. Louis Blues. No wonder we lost this game. Zero for four in the power play. Gave up one shorthanded. And Minnesota usually has more blocks per game because that's they're 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 a grindy team. That's how they pull out wins. You you guys had 26 blocks to our seven. So no wonder we lost this game. Well, well, I mean, again, at least you know the winter classics coming for you guys. And you know, it's it's it, 
I'm going to be relieved, you know, about this winter classic because I mean, of course this year it was held down in Dallas, um, you know, and it was awesome. It was an awesome event. It it was a very good event, but mind you, but you, you worry a little bit about how conditions are going to be the farther south you get. And I think there's going to be no issues with the ice in Minnesota. Oh no. Hell, it might even snow, which is, which is icing on the cake. Yeah, The only concern I have is, is if there's like a torrential blizzard that day, you know, when, you know, which, which, Again, all winter classics, they, there's been some luck there. I mean, there hasn't really been any real major weather issues. But now you're going into Minnesota, you know, uh, you know, a place that's, uh, you know, in January, it's not the kindest. So uh, it, it, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere and it's going to be a great celebration of hockey. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to being there, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to try to make my way out there as well uh, next season. It's going to be fun. Maybe maybe that could be the site of our first THPN summit, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, hopefully sooner. But uh, and yeah, and, and hopefully I'll be in Minnesota sooner. This is kind of bittersweet, just because I'm, uh, well, you know, I'm a student. I'm, a, I got various things going on. I'm not, I'm sure. not the richest guy in the world out here. But apparently, I made a bet with Dylan early on in this podcast when he was still the co-host. Now, uh, you know, Dylan Cage is the the host of the stick hungry podcast he helped get the soda pot off the ground for the first like 10 episodes or so sure. and i haven't gone back and found it because quite frankly i don't want to um but apparently we made a bet and if the minnesota wild make the playoffs i am uh, i'm expected to fly to st paul or, or drive it doesn't really matter to support a uh, road trip yeah, all the way from Victoria, British Columbia is a hell of a fucking road trip. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, apparently that's expected of me. So I'm. I hope the the boys make the playoffs. But let's just say I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be too upset if Billy Garen uh, decided to gut a little bit of this team uh, today <laughs> at the time of this podcast uh, coming out. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, of course, you know, you mentioned Dylan, of course, uh, one of your co-founders of the entire Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, I'm glad I have you on for this, Ish, because uh, you dropped the news to us host earlier today about a new promotion and a new contest that is coming to the Hockey Podcast Network. And I've got you here. I've got you locked into this podcast. Tell us what is coming up uh, starting March 1st. Oh, really excited for this. Uh, the Hockey Podcast Network has teamed up with Tankathon.com and Cool Hockey to form the first annual NHL Draft Lottery Contest. Uh, you said it will be launching it March 1st until April uh, 4th. Um, you know, the NHL lottery um, is good. The actual lottery uh, and, and contest is going to be around the 8th or the 9th. Sure. Um, all, more details will, will continue to roll out leading up to, uh, to March 1st. But basically what it is and, and how it works, it's an opportunity for listeners and fans of the Hockey Podcast Network and beyond to, uh, to interact with Tankathon, which is an awesome tool. And around this time, we kind of know what teams are, are, you know, are, are in the tank for sure. the respected draft and those teams who are going to be you know, drafting late and those who are going to be in the mix to, to win the lottery. So we're going to get all the listeners and fans to kind of get in on this action as well. Um, so we're going to, you know, ways to, to enter this contest are going to be going to Tankathon, playing the, the, the lottery, you know, simming it and um, doing this as many times until you get the results that, that, that you want to use to enter. And these, this will be your, I guess, quote unquote prediction. So you're going to screenshot it and you're going to uh, screenshot, you know, the 15 team because we're not going to go 30 plus 
deep and then you're going to send yeah. the, the image to us and you're going to um, tag a friend. You're going to retweet it. All, all the rules will come out, but basically it's a way to interact with the Hawk podcast network and, uh, and have a chance to win some awesome prizes, which uh, we'll continue to announce uh, moving forward. Um, to enter this contest, you have to be following the hockey podcast network tankathon and cool hockey, but basically you get to run the tankathon simulator, find, uh, find the results you want and enter those into uh, into the official draft lottery contest. And when uh, when Cool Hockey and Tankathon release the winning results, if you match up with those ones, then you will win the prize. And if we have a couple ties, then we'll do just an extra uh, tie-breaking contest as well. So we're really excited to partner with Tankathon and Cool Hockey. And uh, I want to thank them on this platform as well um, And because uh, we couldn't do this without them. Absolutely. And, you know, Tankathons, you know, I love going on there and trying to, you know, sort out, you know, who drafts where, seeing if Ottawa gets the first and second overall pick. That's, you know, one of my favorite quests to do on there with their randomization tool, uh, seeing, you know, if Edmonton gets the first overall pick again, you know, just, just, it, it's impossible fun... this time. I'm telling you. Well, yeah, I think they're going to make the playoffs this time, but you know, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't put in, I wouldn't put it past NHL to to rig it so that either you know what's funny Toronto gets the first Dylan and uh, producer T even though the <laughs> the San Jose Sharks don't even have their first round pick like you said yeah, the Ottawa, yes. they've been running they've been doing the tank every well now they do pretty much every episode but they were doing it for every time they sunk under the 500 mark uh, in the standings <laughs> they would they would run the simulator and funny enough because I'm a huge fan of their show at the Stick Hungry Podcast Minnesota yeah. they would make the top three. You know, uh, I'd oh, say like man. nine times out of ten. So uh, oh, there you man. go, Minnesota. If Minnesota, if the if the bottom falls out, um, hey, Tankathon. So far, they've uh, their algorithm likes you. Yeah, La- Lafreniere could be in your future. He could be Byfield, playing. Lafreniere. Hell, man, I I like that Holloway kid. I know he's projected to go a little bit later, kind of right where Minnesota may line up. So uh, th- this year is going to be a good draft. I'm really excited. Yeah, definitely. It's for sure. And I'm, and you know, even though the blues are probably draft late in the first round, of course they could end up trading their first round pick, you know, before the deadline for a forward, who knows? Um, but it, it's, it's still one of my favorite things to do. I'm just a big draft geek in general, you know, and I know a lot of our listeners are as well. And I want to thank cool hockey as well for helping us out with this promotion because Cool hockey is one of my favorite places to go to, you know, get a brand new jersey. I've had jerseys customized through them. I mean, they—that's they, awesome. It's it's yeah, their stitch, their their, their pro stitching is unbelievable. Like, oh yeah, they're outstanding. I mean, I I my I have a I they were even nice enough, you know, and and I, and I say that you know with you know total sincerity, they were nice enough to do pro stitching on a Fanatics Road Vegas jersey that I no had. Way. Yeah, wow. I, I was able to get the whole thing done for like 120 bucks, and I, but I was able to get Ryan Reeves put on the back. And, Hell yeah. you know, it, it, it classed up that Fanatics jersey. Because you know, Fanatics, you know, compared to Adidas, the quality is definitely – there's a drop-off there. Um, but, I mean, yeah. yeah I, shout I, out I, NHL for partnering with, with them, of course. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Gary Bettman saving all the pennies that he can. What a, what a yeah. boss. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I miss Reebok premieres so much. But, oh, uh, man. Those uh, were amazing. They were really they were really amazing. Uh, but, but, you know, I like Fanatics. I like Fanatics. They're, they're, they're comfortable. They're very light. Uh, in certain situations, they're good. Um, I mean, like for yeah, Vegas I shouldn't fans. I shouldn't bash them too much. We might yeah. get them as a sponsor. So. Yeah, we get them as a 
sponsor. <laughs> but it just, uh, just you know, you, you hear the criticisms. It's like, oh, you know, fanatics, the quality isn't great. You know what? It's it's fine. Yeah. You know, because like I said, it, it's it's very cat. It, it's more of a, it's just a different style. It's more casual wear than yeah, than like you're, you wearing official jersey that you're gonna wear it that night, then put it back in your closet yeah. or back on the wall, sort of thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Should should you wear it when you go out and play street hockey? Probably not. But you know, like you know, if if it's if it's a warm day and you still want to rep your team, I mean, they're great for that. So, uh, but yeah, cool hockey has those jerseys for you as well. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to getting this promotion going and. Uh, uh, that's actually, uh, I think that's going to do it for our conversation with Ish and uh, for our episode of Blue Notes. Anything else you wanted to plug or uh, make mention while we have you here, Ish? Oh, man. I mean, there's, there's honestly a lot to talk about with the Minnesota Wilds. So jump on to our podcast at the Soda Pod. Every Monday, we have, uh, we always have a guest on every Monday, Thursday. It's kind of a, well, it's a loose rotation. Sometimes we'll get a guest who only can come on on the Thursday episode, so we'll feature two guests a week. But you better believe every Monday we have a guest, and we, you know, we break down everything Minnesota Wild. Uh, we've had Jesse Pierce from the Athletic come on a few times, and you know the content that she shared with us has been great. Um, Monday we just released uh, an interview on on this episode on this episode forty three of the Soda Pod, featuring the creator of the Vegas Golden Knights Ladies dot com, which is really really cool website site and just uh and various programs that that uh that katie runs there well she's a hockey fan um and well beyond just the the vegas golden knights market and what she did when the vegas golden knights came into town is to create just a hub for women who um who want to learn the sport or who want just a, a more a relatable spot and hub to talk about the game not just the stuff on the ice because you know women hockey fans like a lot more than just you know the post game shows which katie shares uh in our interview and stuff like that they want to learn about maybe how to throw a vegas themed party for their kids and whatnot and that's just a, that's just one of many examples that she gets into there's a lot of merch on the website blogs videos and uh and obviously the group forums where all these ladies and uh you know can, can talk about the game and learn about the game so yeah check that out at the soda pot every monday and thursday just like uh blue notes we will have some uh some content for you and a brand new podcast actually a new original content piece that joined us tom i don't even think you know about this yet but uh we have uh the hockey lady podcast who's really? going to be joining who's going to be joining us at, in the original content piece alongside uh terry ryan and the ice analytics uh, a really cool theme niche podcast covering everything hockey but kind of more on the lifestyle side you know uh you want to do you want to know about the kind of suits that these play, players uh wear do you want to know you know what they do with their family outside of the game but also a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes um in regards to the big news stories and uh, uh like for example the well the the goalie situation in carolina the other night when big stories like that come out the hockey lady will dive into them because she's a great hockey mind but the, the theme of the show is more lifestyle of hockey from fans players and families beyond so that's going to start coming out every tuesday in the next couple of weeks uh go check that out her instagram the hockey lady well i didn't even know about that i mean i at least been primed about the uh, tankathon uh contest coming up but wow this is a nice surprise so, well i told uh, you i had a meeting prior to come on here it was finalizing that so there you oh, go oh <laughs> wow so so this is really breaking news here wow okay all right so yeah the hockey lady coming up uh for uh, for you females out there that enjoy hockey, definitely check that out. Of course, uh, when that does come out, uh, I'll be sure to uh, let you know here on Blue Notes. And uh, that is going to do it for Blue Notes. I want to thank you for listening because without you, there is no me, there is no 
Blue Notes, and there is no Hockey Podcast Network. He was Isha Jerome. I'm Tom Franklin. Wags returns on Thursday. And a reminder to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.